Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. When was the last time you were isolated from others? A week ago? A month ago? A year ago or more? Isolation brought about by disease or illness, some of you remember the coronavirus, may make many feel lonely, anxious, and depressed. Once most of society's activities ceased during the pandemic, some people craved a vaccination so that life could get back to normal. Why? Because many people desperately wanted to return to work. They wanted to go on and live their lives and be able to safely gather together. When was the last time you were vaccinated for the flu, tetanus, or shingles? Children are often vaccinated to preserve their young bodies and ward off rubella, measles, polio, and other bodily diseases. Salt, all of us have tasted at one time or another, is often referred to in the Bible as both a seasoning and preserving agent. In the Old Testament, sacrifices were often salted before being offered. And the prophet Elisha used salt to improve the taste of bad or undrinkable water for the people of Israel. We heard about that in our first reading tonight from 2 Kings chapter 2. Later in the Bible, from Matthew's Gospel, Jesus calls you the salt of the earth. He starts with an emphatic you. You are the salt of the earth. Some people think politicians, the wealthy... And celebrities are the ones who ought to shape society. They spout separation of church and state to silence Christians. But Jesus states that his followers are the ones who should have a voice in society, in business and the arts. We should not depend on any political party as a means to power, but proclaim the truth as representatives of the one true God. There is something unique, joyful, and wholesome in the way you speak, live, and act. As St. Paul says in our second reading tonight from Colossians chapter 4, verse 6, Let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how you ought to answer each person. Many of the baptismal rites of the early church included tasting a tiny bit of salt. Adults who were baptized as converts after they had renounced the devil and all his works and all his ways, and then confessed the Apostles' Creed, were given salt before being baptized. This is one of the reasons why Luther included the use of salt in his earliest writing on baptismal rites. Salt was a visible and sensible way of reminding the baptized that their lives are now different and distinct from the world. So where does salt come from? Salt comes from the earth. It is refined or purified for human usefulness. If not useful for human flourishing, it returns to the earth. Does this not sound a lot like Genesis chapter 2? God forms man from the dust of the ground, breathes his spirit into man, and when man dies, his body returns to dust, as stated in Psalm chapter 90, verse 3. You return man to dust and say, Return, O children of man. I read somewhere that all of the salt in the world comes from evaporated seawater. The fact that one of the country's largest salt mines 
is located in the middle of the state of Kansas is an indication that Kansas was at one time covered by seawater. Hmm. Does anyone see Noah's flood in Genesis chapter 9 as a possible explanation? Salt, according to Scripture, seasons and gives flavor. Yet it also preserves and keeps. Salt was such a precious commodity in the lives of ancient people that they kept it everywhere in their homes. In fact, the root of the word salary comes from the Latin word salarium. Soldiers may have been paid with salt to preserve meat and food to help their families before modern refrigeration was invented. After the prophet Elisha succeeded Elijah, he was told that the water in Jericho was so bad and undrinkable that something had to be done. It may have tasted something like well water, which contains lots of iron and minerals. So Elijah asked for some water in a bowl and placed some salt in it. Then he threw salt into the spring, flavoring and refreshing all the water for the people to continue to use and drink. And God healed that dreadful water with salt. Perhaps that enhances what Jesus says in his Sermon on the Mount. You are the salt of the earth. But if the salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? Salt that seemed worthless still had a purpose. Years ago, people would use this worthless salt to help balance the pH of the soil. This would be salt that had become laced with impurities, unfit for human consumption. High concentrations of salt could be applied to paths as a weed killer. Think of it as the roundup of the first century. So how do these ideas of salt relate to our lives now? Well, let me ask you a few questions. What kind of pain are you enduring or suffering now? Is there anything sour, troubling, or unfruitful in your life? Is your personal health compromised? Or are there some bitter or strained relationships with people? Is your employment situation stressful? A midlife sour and bitter experience, experiences, Jesus comes to restore, preserve, enliven, and refresh you through his healing word. You are God's own dear child baptized, washed and salted in Christ. This Lenten walk reminds us that Jesus died on Calvary's cross to vaccinate us completely from sin and eternal death. God is not distant, but promises to deliver you from all your troubles and to heal those things most broken in life. Psalm 34 verse 18 says, The Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves the crushed in spirit. Jesus comes to preserve you and keep you. The ancient people of God often used salt to preserve meat and other food so that it would last much longer. Even when the priests offered grain offerings and burnt offerings, they salted them. This preservation and keeping also took place when God saved you. Yes, Jesus died as a sacrifice on the cross to vaccinate and save you from your diseased life, that is, your sinful life. As your great high priest, he was salted and offered up for you. And now baptized into him, death holds no power over you. Your life is preserved under the shelter of his wings. Even though this temporal life will end because we get sick and die, your hope is not in this life. 
Since Jesus rose from the dead on Easter, your weak mortal body is promised to be raised as a pure eternal body. That means you are really living a life that is truly preserved forever. This present or temporal death is not an eternal death. And that news helps remove the bitterness in our life now with renewed joy and purpose. Sadly, many people still live hopelessly with zero comfort when someone dies. Therefore, Jesus warns us about losing saltiness. Salt is not within us, but God gives salt to us, just as Elisha placed the salt in the water to purify the spring for drinking. When a Christian dies, he or she is promised to be with the Lord forever. Because of that, we read words of comfort, dwell on God's promise of life in Christ, and sing hymns with joy. That is why St. Paul says in Colossians chapter 3, verse 16, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thanksgiving in your hearts to God. Your saltiness literally makes you hopeful, joyful, and appealing to anyone who sees or knows you. Christ's word is the source of refreshing and seasoning in life. Dear friends in Christ, Jesus is with you now, seasoning and preserving your life and those all around you. He promises you a vaccination from eternal death and preserves you now and for eternity. The only way salt is depleted or lost is when we fail to hear God's word or receive his sacraments. Even though life is daily torn by sin, broken relationships, and faltering health, Jesus promises to preserve and keep you and to work all things for your good. In Christ Jesus, all things hold together with renewed hope and purpose. By his resurrection from the dead, you are now seasoned salt, wholesome salt, and preserving salt to all the world. To God alone be all the glory. Amen. Now may the peace of God, which surpasses all human understanding, guard our hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus unto life everlasting. Amen.